You're listening to the West End Frame Show. And welcome to a bonus episode of the West End Frame Show. Because of the bank holiday, this week's normal stage catch-up will be coming your way on Wednesday, so tomorrow. But today, we have two little interviews to share with you. Coming up, I'll be chatting to Dominic Anderson about all things Eugenius. But first, Joe Servi is currently playing Wyatt and Carter in Agatha Christie's Witness for the Prosecution, which is going strong at London's County Hall. Witness for the Prosecution is currently in its seventh year and Joe recently joined as part of the show's ninth cast, making Witness for the Prosecution London's longest-running site-specific theatre production. Joe most recently played Marty in the first UK and Ireland tour of Dreamgirls. He has been in so many shows. Just a few of his credits include The Colour Purple on tour, Barbershop Chronicles in the US, Chess at the Coliseum, Sunny Afternoon, Jersey Boys, Guys and Dolls and Ragtime in the West End, as well as the original London company of The Lion King. I am super excited that he's here with me now. So Joe Servi, welcome to the West End Frame Show. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing right now? What's the pace of life? What's the what's the gear? What's happening? Oh, what's the gear? Grinding gears, probably. Um, a lot's happening as usual with me. Um, yay, <laughs> the, the show is going at a rate of knots. There's a lot happening and... Uh, yeah, life is life is life. <laughs> so when you heard, I mean, you just come off right. You just come off a massive tour doing Dream Girls. That's right. When you heard about this audition or whatever, however it came out for witness for the prosecution, did you know about this production? Did you know about this piece? What made you go, oh, okay, I'm up for a bit of this? I did not know about it. I hadn't heard about it. And when I um, did the, the Google, I was quite surprised to discover how long the show had been running and and for me not to have known about it that said me being busy so and so as i as i usually am and having been all over the place it's not surprising that i wouldn't know what was happening in london um agatha christie yay read it and was just wow yeah yeah <laughs> tell us about who are you playing like what's the what's the what's the role I'm playing Mr. Carter, who is the barrister's clerk. So he takes care of Miss uh, Sir Wilfred Robart, who, who is the barrister. Um, he, he looks after the chambers where you see um, a lot of the action that takes place outside of the courtroom. So I also take care of Mr. Mayhew, who is Mr. Vol's solicitor. To be very careful here not to do too many spoilers. Um, I also play Dr. Wyatt who is if you like the the forensic pathologist he's the he's the police surgeon i suppose um you might describe him as or the fme forensic medical examiner um and that that part interested me a great deal because from about the age of five possibly earlier all that i ever wanted was to be a doctor 
and this is the first Doctor I've actually played. I've never been a Doctor, sadly, but this is the first Doctor I've actually played. So, yeah, really excited about that. So when it's for the prosecution, is making your dreams come true. It is. <laughs> and we love to see it. That's so funny. So, I don't know, people haven't been yet. I've been before, and it's a mm-hmm. really cool theatrical experience you're literally in the courtroom right and again i mean mm-hmm. for you this couldn't be i mean i know you've done all different things but you've spent a long time on the road with yeah. dream girls so this couldn't be a more different theatrical setting for you right now certainly not being in in one place of work <laughs> that is uh that's a novelty almost because i've been living out of a suitcase for the last uh, years um, but to go to to work, to be doing theatre, but not in a theatre building is really quite something. Um, the, the county hall where we're based is it's beautiful. It really is fantastic. Um, it's it's really strange because it's um, I, I was saying to the guys to, to be doing theatre, but not in a theatre, that particular building is there's just something about it that's really um, kind of the, the usual strains and, and stresses. I suppose the confinement, the confinement of a theatre don't exist. Um, although the, the space where our dressing rooms are is not perhaps ideal. The fact that you don't have these warren of, of, of corridors to get everywhere, that there's just something about the space that is really relaxing i suppose and the, the company of of players i don't think i've ever worked with a company of players as generous as this every day you go into work and you look forward to seeing people and it's just it's like going in and getting a big hug every day mm. but then also your audience almost become your players as well because they are in the courtroom they are this, mm-hmm. they are the they are spectators they are the jury for some people that's right uh, there's an element of playing off that i can imagine it's it's fun yay i mean you you really do feel like you're in the midst of a, of a court trial i have actually been in the witness box <laughs> and i have to to say that the first time that i stood in the witness box it was quite daunting because it it, it sort of i don't know subliminally i i guess brought that feeling back and and added to the dramatic tension of the jeopardy i suppose and the importance of, of what it is that you're doing when you're there what the stakes are it's not just playing it's it's it is real um i've i've also visited the old bailey and been in the public gallery and, and witnessed when um the the judge delivers his his sentence and you're going down for so many years and you gasps from people and people <laughs> screaming and crying and it's, it's the theater of law i suppose yeah it is it is literally theater that's that's what i was thinking that's hilarious oh, that's I... why it's literally the perfect play in the perfect setting no you're, you're right it, it really is it's um everything about that the, the space and, and and the audience lends itself to the piece so so remarkably well and do you enjoy that intimacy are there certain seats that you're banned kind of family and friends from sitting in because you're like that's just too close i don't want to see you i haven't really thought about it's in those terms. Um, I mean, we've been so so busy putting thing on its feet, and then the understudy calls. I haven't really had a chance to think about where people might sit. Just about can I get them in? <laughs> when you when you're in a piece such as this, and you turn up to work every day, you see a sign that says "house full." 
Hmm. When can they go? <laughs> I think where 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 will they sit is um is um a little way down the road. <laughs> but we love that. We love being in a sold out show. That tells you all you need oh, to know. Oh, it's wonderful. It's it's really great. And the writing, right? Agatha Christie writing. There's a reason why we have this selling out. Why we have the mousetrap going strong. It gets you. It gets you. Agatha Christie is a real master at work. Um, my elder sister actually was a big, big, big fan of hers. I think she has read, um, and she will correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that she's read everything that she's ever written. Wow. Um, I, I think the first, my first um, encounter was when she was reading um, what is now called And Then There Were None. Mm. Um, but I knew it as, as something else. And and then, of course, we've grown up with, I can't even remember the name of the the actress who, who did the movies, but it was um, Murder, She Said. Then we had Joan Hicks in the, the TV series. We've had Parole, there was Murder on the Orient Express and all of those things. So she's she's been around forever. But the way that she writes, the way that she draws her characters and and leads you down blind alleys. I, I remember when I got to the end of this particular piece, I was like, what? No, no, no! They just kept coming. Mm, yeah, it got me. And I saw this, it, obviously no spoilers, but it got mm. me. I walked out of that theatre, well, that space being like, what? You know, reeling. <laughs> and that's what you want. That's what you want. It is indeed. It's, um, I think the audience find that very rewarding. Mm. Absolutely. So we just talk about Dreamgirls a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a long, old tour. It was hardcore. But also it was a massive deal because that was the first time that these regional audiences were getting this piece in their local theatres. It was a massive deal. And people went crazy for it. Audiences going wild for it. Now that that chapter's kind of closed, what's it like to kind of reflect back on it? What's it like to think about it? Because that was a big deal and a big time it was a very big time um for a couple of reasons um it was the show actually turned 40 the day after was it after no the day before uh, press night in liverpool um a lot of people i don't think realize how old the show is um obviously jennifer holiday was the original effie and i remember Jennifer Holiday from when I was at school, um, but not not in Effie. I mean, we, we danced to and I'm telling you, kind of a house to house version in in the clubs back in the day. <laughs> um, but also because this was the first big tour, or one of the first big tours that went out after everything came to a grinding halt because of COVID. Mm. So it was a really huge deal. Um, it was it was difficult initially because we uh, of, of the COVID protocols that were put in place, understandably so, but they sort of kept people apart. So everybody was in their own bubble. Um, and when you're embarking on such a huge voyage with a bunch of strangers, what everybody instinctively wants to do is to get together and be sociable and do all of those things. And it's how you get to know each other and find out who your tribes are. Essentially, we weren't allowed to do that. Um, but on the on the flip side, when we had our sits quota, which is the first time that the actors uh, get to 
to hear the the orchestra and sing the songs through um because of that um the sound system that was put in place meant that what we were hearing I and mean, it was almost like uh, a recording but that's what we were doing it was unbelievable the sound of of those those few players i think it was 12 of them there weren't very many um but it was oh, it was magical mm. um obviously being on the road is difficult um but you find your people and you you support each other through that um we had a great bunch of i mean the the voices on that show was just unbelievable um if i have to mention anybody charlene hector insane absolutely insane she just makes you feel stuff that's that's all i can say to that <laughs> it's just yeah but, but useful people mm. and um yeah I, sh I shall look back on it on on the time fondly mm. um i'm not just talking to people who who were on the stage but the backstage through the the tech swings the stage management alex sound wigs wardrobe um still in touch with with many of them so mm. yeah there was a show so i was i was actually there that liverpool press night originally and that was so special oh. and that's when theater was just you know being reborn and i know it was crazy times for you a few days later there was like it was like fifth cover michelle's going on and all these math things were happening but it was such a special night but then i came back i came to see it in milton Keynes, and i ah, saw mm -hmm. and i got to see charlene and that was just you know a casual wednesday evening whatever in milton Keynes. <laughs> i went in there quite unsuspected and honestly joe like the fire that was coming off of that stage it felt like bouncing off each other everyone like pushing each other further it was I, I remember walking out in the interval with my friend and was just like this this isn't you know this isn't normal <laughs> like I don't know if these audiences no. understand what they're getting it felt like, like you were pushing each other there was a fire it was it was you know those argument scenes you were all going you know you were going crazy at Brad and Brad was going crazy and you know rah 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 it was wild it really was um yeah my my family actually saw the show that afternoon so you just missed each other. <laughs> I actually went to school in Milton Keynes. Oh, okay. So that was like back on that home territory. So I. Yeah, it's super um, special. I'd only played that theatre once before, many, many, many years ago. So it's um, it's it's a weird thing, actually, having been on the road for as long as I have, that I've not really played locally. Mm. I've, I've, I've played here, where I'm now in Aylesbury, once. And I played Milton Keynes twice in my entire career that's crazy Milton Keynes love a UK tour as well they have their piano bar the people dress up to go to the theatre <laughs> it's hardcore there it's hardcore there oh wow there's a piano bar there's a piano bar yeah it's sheer opulence in Milton Keynes <laughs> um, but listen also County Hall is pure opulence and people need to come to see Witness for the Prosecution leave a couple of tickets for Joe's family and friends please because he wants to get some people in but as you heard it's it's selling out so the people need to to come on down looking all the way through to April 24 at the moment listen Joe thank you so much for talking to me I hope the rest of your run thank goes you. well and I'm sure our paths will cross somewhere stagey and fabulous soon. All right. Well, <laughs> if, if you happen to happen upon me again, then do look me up. Just come, come to stage door, be a groupie. <laughs>
<laughs> I heart Joe Serpy. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. A big thank you again to Joe. Next up, Dominic Anderson is currently playing Tough Man and various other roles in the London revival of Eugenius at the Turbine Theatre. The show is described as a love letter to iconic movies, comic books and nostalgia of the 80s. Dominic's theatre credits include playing the title role in the Rocky Horror Show, Ram in the original London cast of Heathers, he was Tom Jones and What's New Pussycat at the Birmingham Rep, and most recently he played Stuart Dunmire in the UK premiere of Mrs Doubtfire at the Manchester Opera House. He's also out here doing lots of screen work and all sorts of things, and I am so pleased that he's here zooming into the podcast live. So welcome to the West End Frame Show, Dominic Anderson. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Not at all. Paint the picture for people listening to this. Where are you coming to us live from right now? I'm currently sitting on the roof of a gym um, in Mornington Crescent. <laughs> With like the most blue sky anyone's ever seen behind you. Gorgeous. It's such a good day. Right, so you're currently busy in Eugenius, right? Living your best life. I was there on Press Night. It's a crazy show. It's so much fun. When this first came up, were you aware of it? What did you think? Eugenius? Um, I was aware of it. I have, I've never seen seen it or knew anything about it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of went into it pretty, pretty open-minded and just, yeah, here we are. What did you think of the material and stuff when you saw about the role and what you were doing? Were you like, this is a bit of me? <laughs> no, I, I think um, I think it was because it I played about four roles in the show. Um, it was quite fun to just kind of flip between different personas and then, you know, test out some acting. <laughs> it's like good material, right? There's some bops in there. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. I always love it when I'm in the audience with people who are like real comic book geeks and stuff because they They are laughing at all these things. I'm like, I don't get it, but I love that. (laughs) Like they have, you know, it's like a different, it's bringing different audiences. So the material is is strong to work with, would you say? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's, um, it's it's quite clever. It ties everything in quite nicely. And then there's references I know because I'm a bit of a geek myself. So uh, it's nice to come at it from that kind of angle and, and see what they see why they find it funny, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, did you just say you're you're a comic book geek yourself? A little bit, yeah. Ah, oh my gosh! It's like this is this is your language. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I gotta keep up with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how did you feel about going into the turbine, which is obviously like you've done tons of big old theaters, and this is an intimate, scary space? Well, I, I saw the first. Um, Showing the turbine, uh, torch song, I believe it was, um, and I really enjoyed. Um, I really enjoyed being part of the, the kind of opening of it, first place of being in that world. And it's nice to kind of come and do something myself there. Mm. Do you? How do you? How do you find it? How do you find that intimate space? Like, is it is uh, it scarier for you? No. No, I don't think so. I think it's more, uh, it's, it's more like creative. It's a bit more ramshackle. So I quite like the, I quite like the feeling of uh, being in amongst it. I guess. Have you like banned your family from sitting on the front row? Oh yeah, I think everyone's banned. 
anyway, thank God. How would you? So, how would you paint the picture for people who like, haven't seen, who don't know about the Eugenius and stuff? How would you? What can they expect? How would you kind of sum it up? Um, it's a joyous explosion of energy, um, interlaced with kind of comics, a bit of Marvel in there. That kind of, um, I, I don't know really. It's it's a story of acceptance. That's both mine. Story of acceptance and. Uh, standing true to who you are mm, nice so you've been busy the last few years right you've been kind of starting to do more screen work and you've done some crazy yeah. amazing projects was that like a direction that you were actually trying to go down what was the what was the um, yeah i suppose so i mean uh, we we you know we work in the business of you know um entertainment's acting i don't think it should be um I don't think it should be pigeonholed to one thing. So I don't, you know, I, I, I take, I take what, what interests me and excites me. So it's not so much. I went seeking out um, the other stuff. It's, it, it's just, I, I'm open to it. And it's, it's, it's another kind of facet of the industry that I, I, I get excited about. Mm. But is it nice then? Have you enjoyed when you kind of come back to theatre, because you're not gonna, you're not gonna like leave us. Yeah, I suppose so. Theatre's weird. Um, <clears throat> I think it's in the UK. It's 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 an interesting beast because uh, I don't know how to describe it. Um, it's so it's so sec like both of the sectors, TV and theatre, are so secular and, and apart. It feels like. It's nice to be able to cross from one to the other and then cross back. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be, it should be that way because in the states, right? When you come from a theatre, it's so much easier to jump across. Oh yeah, and to do lots yeah. of screen work. It's like the normal kind of well, route. They see you as an actor, not a you know a musical theatre actor or a you know stage actor or whatever. We we have this weird habit in the UK. I'm, I'm sure it's being. I feel like it's it's changing gradually, but it's um, if you're one thing, you can't be another, and I, I just don't believe that at all. I mean, I I use the same skills and techniques on TV that I use on stage a lot of the time. Listen, mm -hmm. so I first saw you on stage right back in 2016 when you were living your best Rocky Horror Show life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, like that's such a cult show, right? So everyone has the craziest fans. Yeah, and I'm sure people talk to you about it all the time. When you think about it, does it feel like a lifetime ago, or are you like, does that feel like it was just? Yeah, day? it just feels like a completely different part of my career. But uh, at the same time, like people, people still come and watch things I'm in because of Rocky Horror. So I, it's quite nice. Jimbo, it was like to go into that world and to receive that response. Like, were you expecting that level of craziness on Rocky? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I I was very kind of green. I didn't really know what to expect. I was just kind of doing jobs because because I wanted to work and I wanted to like build my career. So it, I didn't really consider the aspect of like people like fans and and all that kind of stuff. Mm -mm. But that happened like the crazy. And then I guess that was maybe the education you needed ready for Heather's because I guess that was a whole different ball game, right? Yeah, Heather's was uh, Heather's was mad. I don't know how that spiraled into what it was. 
But um, I, was, I was with Heather's from the start, from when we took it, you know, from the basement of the other palace up to the other palace and then on to the West End. Ah, yeah, that workshop. What was that workshop like? Was it was it different then? Well, it's crazy. I mean, we, we had, you know, people like James Corden and Lin-Manuel Miranda pop in and watch it. You know, it was sold out nonstop. They had to, like, get new seats for people, Android, Weber, et cetera, et cetera. It was insanity. Hmm. But that's so cool. Like, that's what, when people, I'm talking to people, people always like they want to be part of new work. I know that had already had a life in the States, but that was, you know, from workshop over here to then getting it to, you know. Well, we cre- created our song, actually uh from scratch you know like we we that the song we have in heather's um you're welcome actually didn't exist before the other palace incredible and that's what people yeah. want right and then you're the first then you get that through to the west end and now people around the uk are still kind of performing that that was created for you yeah, yeah there was a massive tiktok explosion for all those songs at one point um it was royalties. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need. That's what we yeah. need. But for now, everyone needs to come down to the turbine, right? They need to see you, genius. Yes. You're there until kind of the end of May. Absolutely. Amazing. Thank you so much, Don, for talking to me. No worries. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. And there we go. Thank you to Joe and Dominic for chatting to me. And thank you for listening to this bonus episode of the West End Frame Show. If you're enjoying the series, hit follow or subscribe. And you could even leave us an Apple podcast rating or review. We love hearing from you. So stay up to date with all things West End Frame on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook. Check out our interviews podcast in the frame and I'll be back tomorrow for a full out stagey catch up.